Welcome everyone to a Thursday edition of Couch Potato Diary. My name is Peter Klein. Thank you very much for tuning in today. You can find me on social media, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. I am at PrimetimeKlein, twitch.tv slash PrimetimePK, and you can email this show, CouchPotatoDiary at Yahoo.com. Also, find us on Facebook. Coming up on the show today, it is NFL Power Rankings. We also check in with our NFL win totals from the beginning of the year. And continuing our look at the UFC and UFC 295, we do our GOAT Rankings. I don't know why I'm saying we. It's me. But uh, yes, going to give the top 10 greatest men's mixed martial artists of all time um, on the show today. So that's what's coming up. Um, Thank you for tuning in. Like I said at the beginning of the week, this week's going to be a little bit different with a few more um, kind of evergreeny type things. But um, hopefully you've enjoyed it all so far, and we're going to continue rolling today with NFL Power Rankings. All right, uh, we begin at the bottom. It is the Arizona Cardinals continuing their hold on the last wild card spot in the... Or sorry, not last wild card spot. Wow, uh, the the last spot in the NFL in our power rankings. They're just bad. Um, it, it's like they they've moved on from Josh Dobbs. Um, maybe Kyler Murray coming in gives them some a uh, bit of life, but I don't think it's life that they necessarily want. Um, it'll be interesting to see what he looks like, and then interesting to see what they do at the quarterback spot moving forward. But for now, it's just a bad football team. At thirty one, it is the Carolina Panthers. Um, again, that they're just bad. Bryce Young has struggled in year one struggle mightily doesn't mean he's not gonna be good uh but he's not right now and it has really shown on this team that probably is gonna have one of the worst records in the league again this year uh they don't have their first round pick this upcoming season but i don't think like a lot of people are saying oh well they have no they have no motivation to be bad i don't think they need the motivation i, I think they're doing it just fine on their own selves um it's just it's been rough watching this team it, it's been it's been really, really difficult, and it's so very clear that this is a team that has a number of holes that they need to fill moving forward. At 30, it's the Green Bay Packers. Um, Jordan Love has continually proven that he is not it. The, the rest of these receivers uh, have not stepped up in ways that I thought they would this season, and the defense has just been okay. Um, all of that leads to a very bad season out in Green Bay. At 29, it's the New England Patriots. They continue to be quite bad. Um, defensively, this team has come up with a couple of big games, but they have had some duds as well. There's still, there's still talent on the defensive side. They have been banged up there. But this, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, but this offense is an absolute disaster right now. And that is not something that I, I was unexpected for me, but it's been worse than I thought. Ramondre Stevenson hasn't been able to, to bail this out as, as much as maybe I thought. No receivers have stepped up, and Mac Jones has certainly regressed this season. It is just an all-around failure in New England. At 28, it's the New York Giants. Now, Daniel Jones is done for the season. They did nothing to help him, and it has shown, and now he is going to get a lot of the blame, as I, I think he's probably taking his last snap as quarterback for the New York Giants. The, this defense has shown that there's pieces on it, but this is a team that, again, kind of feels like they are starting over, especially on the offensive side. We'll see what happens with Saquon Barkley, uh, but this team is 100% starting over going into next offseason. At 27, it's the Denver Broncos. Hey, you beat Kansas City. Um, that, that, great. Great, good for you. Uh, at 26, it's the Vegas Raiders. They got a good win over the Giants this week. Um, Antonio Pierce has brought a bit of a swagger back to that team. It was cool hearing Max Crosby talk about how much the team likes Mark Davis. I just don't know if Mark Davis likes this team that much. Um, but they, they still, like, they've won four games, which is wild to me. Um, Aiden O'Connell, I don't think is the answer at quarterback, but that's a, it's a win over the Giants at least, but we'll see what happens with him moving forward. At 25, it's the Chicago Bears. It sounds like maybe they're getting Justin Fields back, but 
again, a team that has a lot of work to do this upcoming offseason. Uh, at 24, the Indianapolis Colts. Garner Minshew continues to show that he's kind of better as a backup quarterback. Um, but the, the defense came up with a couple of big plays against Carolina, and that helps them to, to pick up a, another win here this season. But overall, it's not a Colts team that I'm overly threatened by. At 23, the Atlanta Falcons. They're making the move at quarterback with Taylor Heineke coming into the fold now. This this team should not be this low. I think they have been extremely poorly coached all season long. Um, and they have a quarterback. They, ha- they, they excuse me, don't have a quarterback to take advantage of all the weapons that they have on the offensive side. So they get those things figured out. This team could actually be really dangerous. Um, at 22, it's Minnesota. That is one of the cooler wins of the year with Dobbs coming in and um, winning them the game where he doesn't even know everyone's name yet. And he comes in and picks up a win. They have been one of the like under-the-radar stories all season long, what they've been able to do out in Minnesota. I don't know how sustainable it is, but for now, that's a, a really good win for them. Um, at 20, it is... Sorry, 21, it is the Washington football team. Hey, you beat New England. Cool. They're clearly focusing on next year with a couple of big trades, a um, couple of key pieces on their way out and draft picks coming in. There's a couple of pieces there, but honestly, those were two pieces that I thought were kind of foundational building blocks that they moved out. Um, good for them for recognizing that it's time to move on, but um, it, it just it creates a couple more holes that they need to fill now going forward. At 20, it's the Houston Texans. CJ Stroud with his coming out moment. I think we need to pump the brakes on him being an MVP candidate, but um, he has been everything the Texans could have dreamed of so far this season. It is far better than anyone thought it could be. And they are now in a position where you feel pretty comfortable about them growing in the AFC South. At 19, it's the Jets, uh, Jets a tough loss on Monday Night Football. Um, it's a limited football team right now with Zach Wilson at the quarterback spot. The defense is good. Um, but they've put up a couple of clunkers as well, but they've not been put in the best position by their quarterback play. At 18, it's the Tennessee Titans. We are officially into the Will Levis era. That didn't go great against the Pittsburgh Steelers, but we'll see what continues on with them. Um, at 17, it's Tampa Bay. They were on the wrong end of that loss, to, of, of that big C.J. Stroud game against the Houston Texans. Big one for them coming up here against Tennessee, and a big one for our win total, as we'll, we'll get to a little bit later on. Um, at 16, it's the LA Rams. They go out and sign Carson Wentz, which is never a sign that things are going well, but it's been back-to-back really tough weeks out for the Rams, and now you're starting to see a lot of the problems that a lot of people had with this team at the beginning of the year. At 15, it's Seattle. That was a humbling loss by the, the Seahawks against the Ravens. And I think now people are starting to recognize that this team isn't what it was last season and um, maybe are further away from that than we all actually thought. At 14, it's New Orleans. Again, they are going to they are always going to be higher on this list than they probably should be because I have so much faith in De- Dennis Allen as a defensive coach and the talent they have on the defensive side of the ball. Um, at 13, it's the Chargers. I just can't quit them. Another win here on Monday night. At 12, it's the Pittsburgh Steelers, another team that has so much talent except for at the quarterback spot, and that has severely limited this team this season. Um, but, I mean, look, they're top 12 team. That defense is really really scary good so far this year at 11 it's cleveland they beat up on a bad team this week uh the quarterback situation there is never not weird um but that defense has now come to play more often than it hasn't Uh, i don't know about the historic defense that people were hyping up about but there's a lot of talent on this team at 10 it is jacksonville they have really solidified themselves 
as um, a top, the top team in the AFC South. At nine, the Detroit Lions. Uh, again, not as high as other people would be on them, but I, I need them to beat more quality opposition before I can move them up. A big fall this week for the Buffalo Bills, who drop out of the top tier. They are in uh, the eighth slot after a loss to the Cincinnati Bengals. This kind of just feels like an average team with, a bun of, uh, with an above-average quarterback. That's basically what Buffalo feels like right now. We've talked for a couple of weeks about how this team, as a championship contender, is an absolute fraud. So we'll, we'll see what they do going forward. But right now, that this ain't a title team. They ain't, this ain't a top-tier team in the NFL. Um, at seven, it's the Miami Dolphins. Again, I kind of think that I was a bit too high on them. There's a ton of talent all over this team. The defense has started to figure things out under Vic Fangio, but not entirely yet. And Tua, while they've put up big numbers, they haven't beat a quality defense yet. So can't have them in the, the top tier. At six, it's Dallas again. They haven't really beat a team of much quality so far this season. Um, they have talent, and it, it kind of seemed like they all played Philly for a bit of that game, but lack of execution at the end comes back to bite them. Um, at five, it's the Cincinnati Bengals. I'm all the way back in on the Bengals. I, that this is probably way too high considering the resume, but I'm all the way back in on this team being a legitimate title threat in the AFC and in the NFL in general. At four, it's Kansas City. I just can't put them as number one until I see this offense really do it again. Because it, it's, they got the win, but that was an ugly second half by Kansas City against Miami out in Germany. At three, the San Francisco 49ers coming off of a bye. At two, Baltimore has had two absolutely dominant victories over teams that people thought were kind of for real. So I have to put them up high. But at number one, they continue to just get the jo job done. And I don't even think they've come close to peaking yet. It's the Philadelphia Eagles. They are, in my opinion, the most consistent and the top team in the NFL through week nine. Uh, so those are your power rankings in the NFL for this week. Nice little mid-season check-in here for our win totals for the NFL. So if you're new to the show, every year we start uh, the season by looking at the um, preseason win totals and making predictions about each team. We're not going to go team by team on this, although looking at the list, we're damn near close. Uh, we're just going to look at the ones that we, we starred, the, the picks I clicked for this one. We'll, we'll see how they do. We'll start in the AFC. Our first one, the Miami Dolphins over nine and a half and to win the division. Well, right now the Dolphins are six and three. So we're in a pretty good spot for, um, for a 10 win season here for this team. Um, so what is that? Six and three, they play 17 games. We need to get to 10 wins. So we can go four, we can go 500 the rest of the way with the Dolphins and, and we lock that one up. And first in the division, that looks really good right now, considering how um, Buffalo has struggled and the injuries of the quarterback position to the New York Jets. So I, I like where we're hanging out with Miami right now. Long-term, like playoff success, I still have concerns. Like I said in the power rankings, I, I need this team to beat a quality defense now before I can and really start to take them seriously. Um, the New York Jets to miss a playoff spot um, or to, to miss the playoffs. Right now, they are hanging around for a playoff spot. It has gone better than I thought it would. Um, I kind of thought Aaron Rodgers would, was cooked coming into the season. That was kind of the, 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 the drawing factor behind this particular play. Um... That showed up in a way I wasn't necessarily expecting, but I, I do think that I do think that they'll still miss. Um, I, I just think there are seven more talented teams in the AFC than them, so I feel okay about that. Baltimore over ten and a half, and to win the division over ten and a half looks solid. They're seven and two right now, so we can. 
I think we can get four more wins the, the the rest of the way. Again, we basically just need to go 500 with this team, and we are set. Uh, first in the division, I am a little worried about the Bengals coming on strong here at the end, but we're in a good spot there right now. Tennessee over 7.5, and, and to win the division. Th this was me betting against Jacksonville. Um, and not, I, that's not even fair, actually. Although, the next one is Jacksonville who missed the playoffs. That one's definitely not going to happen. We can just scratch that one off right now. They're first in the division, and 6-2. and two. Um... But we have um, the, the Titans here over seven and a half, so they have to get to eight wins. They are three and five right now, so they have to go five and two the rest of the way. Does that make sense? Five and two, no, that puts them at eight and seven. So five and four the rest of the way. So we can still get there with Will, Will Levis at the quarterback. Um, a lot of this thought was this was an eight and three team last year, and then everyone got hurt. The problem is this year, um, everyone's hurt again. Um, the, specifically the quarterback, the defense has not been good and the offense has not progressed at all. Um, so now we're at the backup quarterback, young backup quarterback, promising backup quarterback. So we'll see what happens with that situation there. Um, like I said, we're, we're skipping over Jacksonville. That one is just going to be a miss. Um, I just thought there were too many good teams in the AFC and I didn't think this team would win the division. So there, um, Houston under six and a half wins. Boy, that's looking tough. They're four and four CJ Stroud's coming on strong. That one might not be it. They were one of the teams, because one of my mantras is beat up bad teams. Um, I thought Houston was a bad team, and they're not. Um, they're not a good team, but they're they're fine right now. Uh, the LA Chargers, over nine and a half wins. They're uh, four and four right now. God, they have the talent to be. This is insane that we're sweating out over nine and a half for the LA Chargers. They're too talented to be in this spot. Or are they? Maybe we should stop buying the hype on them. Uh, Denver under eight and a half wins. They're at three and five. They got a couple of stinker wins that are going to be really frustrating for that at the end of the year. This feels like one that we're going to be sweating out toward the end. That's really going to be annoying to me. Uh, the Vegas Raiders under eight and a half. They're four and five. I can't believe what, what has gone on win-wise with the Raiders. They've all basically been ugly wins aside from this one against the Giants. Um, I can't. I can't believe we're going to either sweat this one out or just miss it altogether. Moving into the... Um, Moving into the NFC, we have the Eagles to win the Super Bowl. I mean, I have them as the number one power rank team, so they're, they're in a pretty good spot for that, I suppose. Um, we have Green Bay over seven and a half and to win the division. I really thought the young receivers would take a step forward this year, and Jordan Love has not allowed that. Now, Aaron Jones being banged up hasn't helped. They've had injuries on the offensive line, but Jordan Love just very clearly isn't it. So um, a lot of this was not buying the Detroit hype 100%. Um, and again, Detroit... We had under nine and a half and missing the playoffs. That's just going to be a miss. Um, I I didn't like their draft. I didn't think they addressed the needs that they had. And quite frankly, I still think they're vulnerable in terms of big plays on the offense and giving up big plays defensively. They just haven't faced a schedule of opponents that can take advantage of that. So I, I think the analysis was right, but I think I needed to look at the schedule a little bit closer on that one for Detroit. Um, but for Green Bay... I just assumed guys would take a step, and I thought people were hating a little bit too much, and it turns out maybe they weren't hating enough. Tampa Bay over six and a half, and to win the division. That division feels kind of out of reach with New Orleans and Atlanta playing a bit better football. Um, but Tampa Bay over six and a half. To get to seven wins, we just need four. We just need four. We, we can we can get there, I think, with this Tampa Bay football team. So I'm, I'm feeling okay about that spot going forward. But the, the analysis here, I think, was correct. People were a bit too down on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They have been fine so far this season. Carolina under seven and a half wins. We can almost lock that in now, right? Because that one, to, to miss out on that, um, seven wins gets us there. 
And so that puts you at seven and 10. They're already one and seven. So we're four losses away from Carolina from already locking that one in. That feels pretty good. Uh, Seattle over eight and a half. Boy, it looked bad last week, didn't it? Um, I still think they can get to around 500. They'll still probably be that. So we'll be okay in that spot. Um, Arizona under three and a half. That was a bold call. And they, with how competitive they were at the start of the season, I was a little concerned. And part of it was, I didn't think they'd bring Kyler Murray back. I thought they would just kind of tell him, you know what? We appreciate it. We'll see what we do with the, the draft pick, but you you just stay home and rest up there, buddy. Um, so we'll see. I, I'm a little worried because I think he could get them a, a few here. We, we can't let them get to four. So three more wins in the back half of the season. I'm a little worried about that one. I'll admit, I'm a little worried about that one. So that's our check-in for um, our predictions at the beginning of the year. All right, let's get into some fight talk. All right, UFC 295 is this weekend. One of the greatest of all time in man's mixed martial arts was supposed to be on this card. He is not, but where does he stack up in the, the, the all time greats of men's mixed martial arts? Let's look at it. Now the official unveiling of the all time pound for pound rankings of men's mixed martial arts. Um, coming in at number 10, I have Alex Volkanovsky. I think he has done enough resume wise to earn a, a spot on here. He's probably a little bit lower. He would have rocketed up with a win um, in either of the those fights against Islam Makhachev. It just didn't happen for him. I still think it can. He is one of the most talented fighters we have ever seen, and so he had to be on this list for me. At number nine, it's Jose Aldo. People forget just how dominant this man was. He's a, a title challenger in at least two different weight classes and one of the greatest all time in one, so I, I think he just had to be on this list. Um, Aldo coming in at nine. He did lose to someone though, rather famously. And so at eight, I do have Conor McGregor. He is a multiple division weight class, uh, multiple division champion. I've had trouble with that the last couple of days. Um, it just, he wins the title and runs kind of a thing. And that gets a little bit frustrating. And so I, while he has been one of the biggest stars in the history of the sport, I don't think he has the resume to go up any higher on an all-time pound-for-pound list than at number eight. At number seven, one of the ones that people have forgot, it's Demetrius Johnson. Um, Single-handedly saving a division for a, a while there, and now because he was a bit on the outs of the UFC, people forget just how dominant that title run was for Demetrius Johnson. He was so much better than everyone in his weight class at that time. I think you have to credit him for that. I, I think eventually he moves down this list quite a bit, but for now, I have him at number seven. At six, it's Khabib Nurmagomedov, um, the most dominant lightweight of all time. And there, there is absolutely no denying that. He goes out on top um, undefeated with dominant performance after dominant performance. The other guys ahead of him... Um, all had success, uh, with one exception, all had success at multiple weight classes, so that, that is what kind of keeps him down um, in my books. At five, it's Daniel Cormier, uh, heavyweight champion of the world, light heavyweight champion of the world, um, and some of the, the best wins that you will find in the, the history of the sport. Just one guy who got to him, and that was John Jones, and one guy keeping him from being up there. But he beats the, the best heavyweight of all time um, in the UFC, in Steve Miocic. Um, some big light heavyweight wins when that division was still very good. So he, he has certainly, I think, earned his spot amongst some of the greatest of all time. At four, it's Fedor. Um, the, the first goat of mixed martial arts, 
one of the true dominant heavyweights in this sport, um, doing it all outside of the UFC banner. So again, someone who I think will probably be forgotten as, as time goes along. But there was, at a time where mixed martial arts heavyweight was at its best, he was better than everyone and so far ahead of everyone. It was dominance personified and he has to be on this list and has to be on the Mount Rushmore. He's at four. At three, it is Anderson Silva. Um, he has fought in multiple weight classes, the most dominant middleweight of all time. Um, one of the most dominant strikers of all time. He had such such a way about him in the cage. And honestly, some of the, the theatrics in the middle part of his title run probably keep him a little bit low on this list at number three. Uh, we'll get into a couple other things here in a second. At two, it's John Jones. I've said before, he's the most talented fighter I've ever seen step in the octagon. He has had numerous outside of the cage um, issues. If you take those away, he's the greatest of all time. It is an unbelievable resume. And every person on there, he has absolutely dominated. Number one, I do have George St. Pierre. Um, people will sleep on the resume a little bit, but those were absolute killers that he beat up and made look made to look really, really bad. He also, two-division champion, getting that, that gigantic win at middleweight to become a middleweight champion um, after several years away. But wins over all-time greats like BJ Penn and Matt Hughes um, and... Um, Nate Diaz, sorry, Nick Diaz, and then Michael Bisbing as well. Um, and just the, like, aside from Matt Sarah and Johnny Hendricks at the end, uh, no one was really close for a really long time against GSP. Now, a lot of people will argue that it should be Jones and probably Anderson Silva ahead of George St. Pierre. I, I'm not a big, um, carer about steroids and a whole lot of other sports, but I've talked about it before in mixed martial arts, you can kill someone in there. And I'm not, I'm not saying I think GSP batted a thousand on that, but he never actually tested positive for anything. So like we can assume some things because the dude was shredded, but we can't really know. Um, John Jones has tested positive. Anderson Silva has tested positive. Therefore, um, I, I can't have them as the absolute number one. They can still be on the list, but the punishment for testing positive um, is that you, you, you don't get to be number one. So my number one all time, in men's mixed martial arts, George St. Pierre. That's going to do it for the show today. Coming up on the show tomorrow, a full preview of the UFC 295, uh, along with a full preview of the week in the NFL and division final weekend in the Canadian Football League. The Great Cup is going to be set on Monday. We're going to break it all down. Uh, again, follow me on social media for all the times I'm going to be on hnlive.ca this weekend, calling some action at the Rocky Mountain Hockey Classic. Um... We're going to be there a lot, uh, so follow along. It does require a subscription, but but do check us out if you can, and highlights will be posted throughout the weekend. Um, you can also find me, uh, again, social media, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. I'm at PrimetimeKlein, twitch.tv slash PrimetimePK, and you can email this show, Diary at yahoo.com. Thank you all so much for tuning in today and throughout the week. Talk to you on Friday. I'm out.